0: Hello, it's Josephine Lane-Cuby here, your performing arts business coach, speaker, talent manager and mentor. Today I am introducing to you da Real Talk. Real Talk will be a three-part series where I get down and dirty and I talk about all the things that are super real in your studio and I peel back the curtain on the truth because I just want you to be feeling comfortable that whatever's going on in your space is normal and it's okay and maybe my situation is worse than yours and then you can feel super better about yourself (laughs) look real talk part one is going to deep dive into being a parent in studio basically so if you've got kids or family that is in your studio uh you know it can be a little bit tricky it can be beautiful but it can also be a little bit tricky and so it's about walking that fine line of being the business owner and also being a parent in the classroom and in your business. So that's part 1 everybody. So stay tuned. Let's go. Hey there. I'm Jo Steinland Cuba and you're listening to Business Arts and all that jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative, or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line, to then living paycheck to paycheck, to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion, and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Hello, Welcome to the show. I love that you guys are tuning in for this one. Real talk is a little bit of fun and I just wanted to bring some truth to our experiences as studio owners and business owners. Yeah, that's what this is about. Uh, Now, if you're a long time listener or maybe you're just listening for the first time and you absolutely love the show, I would love for you to rate and review this show. It helps us move up in the rankings and that's really great for the show. Uh, and it just means that we can have a long lasting podcast that you get heaps of value from. So, uh, be sure to share it with your friends or rate and review us. Okay. we, I would, I would absolutely love that. I would absolutely love that. So thank you for, for listening, everybody. Uh, Now, today I'm talking about being a parent in the studio. Uh, Now, when I first opened my studio, it was about eight years ago now, uh, I had a very young one, my daughter, and she was very little. And we used to offer classes for littlies back then. Uh, Now I just do four years plus. But back then we used to have like two-year-old toddler classes and all sorts of things. And, you know, I initially was teaching those classes without her because she was slightly too little at the time. And then once she turned two, she started jumping into our toddler programming. Uh, I had an assistant teacher, so it worked okay. Uh, and our toddler classes then as well, parents used to hang around and whatnot. So my husband would be there. So it would be okay. It would be okay. Uh, when it got a little bit more challenging, and my daughter's been in my studio environment since she was two. And she's like, eight now. So for six years, she's been a part of my studio. My son also actually started doing classes when he was very little to um, two years old in my studio. And it was beautiful. That's when I stopped teaching that class. And I did like that mummy, a uh, mummy me class in my space with him and I loved that so much. And I wasn't the teacher. I mean, I was still sort of, you know, you're the owner of the business, of course, just sort of involved and you're making sure it all runs smooth. But really, I had a teacher that was running that program and I was happy to sit in and be a mum. But yeah, I had my eye on things and I'd help if I needed to sort of thing. And that was really fun. And sadly, however, um, I cut that program, uh, which I was the right decision for my business. Absolutely. We only serve four years plus, but It was absolutely the right decision for my business, but unfortunately that little pause in my son's uh, process and yeah, it just stopped him from wanting to do classes. So when I tried to reintroduce it to him a couple of years later, he just wasn't interested. And I've even tried taking him to, to another studio that had like lots of boys and all sorts of stuff to see if that was the thing. And he just stood on the wall, like a fly on the wall. So Oh, I'm a little bit sad about that, to be honest. Um, but he's only six. So my thoughts are, I'm just going to like get him in there some other way. <laughs> you know, uh, and look, I don't want to push my love of the arts onto my kids. Like he loves going to see shows. He's a, he's a wonderful audience member, but he doesn't want to do classes, which makes me sad. But anyway, we'll see we'll see if I can live vicariously through my children, then I will. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. Um, but yeah, so it's a little bit, and that's another bit, right? So we haven't even gotten into the topic, but let's start right there. Let's start with the way we imagine our children to be, because I think as creatives and artists, we just imagine that our kids are going to be in our studio. Like, I don't know for me anyway, I can't speak for everyone. Of course, that was just a no brainer. Like, of course my kids would do our programming. That makes sense. First of all, it's a great activity for them. It's free because I'm already running it. So, Hey, jump in, let's do it. So it's free. It's physical. It's great for them to socialize. I love that they're doing the performing arts. Like I want them to be a part of it, but you can't force it upon them. They are their own people. And so that's a really hard thing to come to terms with when you're a program facilitator that totally matches the brief of your child yet they're not interested and and then you just got to find what they're interested in but that can be a little bit heartbreaking so that's that's real talk that's real talk part one isn't it that we just we have to lower our expectations sometimes of our children and we can't expect them to be us and to love what we love my daughter on the other hand does love it I don't know if she loves it as much as me, though. I don't think she's that committed uh, as I am or even as I was rather as a child. I don't think she has that same fire as I did for the arts. Uh, She enjoys it. She loves the social aspect of it. I just don't know if it's her thing yet. And I guess we don't really need to know, right, because she's only little... But yeah, that's been a little bit of a, uh, and I'm going to be honest, it felt disappointing. Like when my son didn't want to do class and I know he can, like we do musical theater now, he can sing, he can actually hold a tune quite well. And as a vocal coach, I'm like, oh gosh, this boy can sing, you know, he doesn't want to do it. And then, and he dances at home. He loves dancing at home. We put music on. He's like busting a move. He's showing us moves he learned at school and stuff like that. So he loves it, but he just won't do it. Maybe it's my space because it's mummy's space. I don't know. And like I said, I've tried taking him elsewhere and just wasn't the right fit. He loves his soccer. He's totally addicted to soccer. He's in the development squad. He's all over it. He does that a couple of days a week. So I'm like, that's fine. He's doing what is typical of his gender, like socially. Um, but I don't like to stick to the norms. I want him to do whatever he wants to do. And But yeah, he's just doing what I suppose is typical gender norms, which whatever. Right. So yeah, look, not going to lie, a little bit disappointed about that. (laughs) Going to definitely try again and hopefully um, get him involved later on in the piece, but my daughter's still involved. Now let's talk about what it's like actually having your kids in the space as a business owner. Quite frankly, I think my daughter loves that I'm the boss. She loves it, but I've had to pull her in line a couple of times because especially when she was a little bit younger, she used to like make it known that my mummy's the boss. And I was like, honey, babe, you can't, you can't do that. Like just, you know, when you're in that classroom, you need to participate like everybody else. So it's hard sometimes to put that barrier up. I mean, also if they get upset or something happens, they're your kid. So you want to mother them. And that can be challenging as well because you're trying to run a business and, but you're trying to mother them. And I just find that there, there's that friction point sometimes of having that wall between I'm the studio owner but or even the teacher rather I'm the teacher versus this is my kid. So that's been a little bit of a challenging process, but I do think we've come to a happy space now. Uh, but there are lots of challenges, especially when it comes to casting, her wanting to know back end information, private things that really she shouldn't know about just yet because it hasn't been announced. Those sorts of things um, have been a little bit challenging. Um, but, you know, we do get through it. I feel like. We've gotten better over time because I have also now got teachers running the classes. See when I was the teacher, that was a bit hard because she's in the room uh, and I'm trying to treat her like everybody else and not favor her, but you can't go too far the other way too. So what I see sometimes happen and I've done this is I don't want to favor her because she's my student because she's my child rather because I don't, at first I didn't want to have that perception from other parents like, oh, her daughter gets stuff because she's, you know, she's the owner's daughter, that kind of vibe. Now I care less about that. I really try to take a step back and and be honest and see it for what it is. If my kid deserves a front and centre spot, then she should get it. Just because she's my daughter doesn't mean she shouldn't get it either. So that's where it becomes really tricky. I think it's nice to have those um, degrees of separation when you are not the teacher of the class. That has been good uh, because it's made it easier for those selections. I let the coach make those selections as they uh, organically and genuinely feel. If she's placed in a role or a position, that is primary, wonderful. That was the coach's decision. And if she's not, that's okay too. That's the coach's decision. Now, of course, when it comes to casting, so we because we do musical theatre now, and when I first started for the first few years, actually, we didn't, we weren't, we were a typical, you know, dance studio. We had ballet, tap, jazz, hip hop, all of that. Um, whereas now I've moved away from being a, a dance studio and, and I worked in dance studios for many years as a teacher and, and I was a choreographer and did all the things. Um, but w- yeah, into my, you know, a couple of years into my studio ownership journey, I realized that musical theater was really my passion. So we've offered like other dance programs and we slowly transitioned into a musical theater niche, which I love. Okay, so that's kind of where we did we, we started from there and we ended up over here, which is totally fine. Um, but, yeah, because we are musical theatre niche, and it's the same with a dance studio really because you've got front and centre people or people that are selected for lead solos and things like that. Well, in musical theatre you've got people selected for roles, character roles in a show. So let's say you're doing Aladdin. Someone has to be Aladdin. Someone has to be Princess Jasmine, you know. Um, someone has to be Jafar. Uh, but the point and someone has to be the ensemble you know someone has to be in the ensemble and part of the village right so my point is <clears throat> i don't want to show favoritism to my daughter but at the same time there's there is a sense of well it's it is my kid right so i'm allowed to challenge her i'm the boss if i want to give her something a little bit more for a challenge <laughs> is this is where it gets cha- this is where it gets difficult i feel like I can. It's my business. Like I can give her that line or I can give her that little bit and challenge her because I want her to be challenged. And if I'm creating an environment where I have the opportunity to do that for her, I will, you know. It's like when my family comes to see our um our performances, I reserve them free seats. They're my family. And I can give them a prime position in the audience if I want to, right? Cuz it's my business. Now, you may argue, well, that's not fair. They're not paying, but but they are. They're like my family. Like I can do what I want. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm gonna give my kid, Princess Jasmine, when she is not ready for that. And she's not, right? She is young, she couldn't take on the the responsibility of the dialogue. She's not there. Okay. Does that mean she always has to be in the ensemble. No, sometimes I want to give her a little bit parts and challenge her in different ways. So I think, I think, you know, if we can find a fine line between being the studio owner and the parent, so you don't want to lose the parenting side altogether either. So you want to be fair and reasonable as a studio owner but you also need to, so that's the first part, fair and reasonable as a studio owner, where you do need to recognize that you cannot favor your child in a class environment, in a studio environment, and give them all the good stuff. You can't give them all the good stuff, right? But, because they have to work for it too, that's a lesson, isn't it? They need to work for it. They can't just automatically go, I'm the boss's daughter. I get the lead role or I'm the boss's daughter. Of course I'm selected for solo. Well, no, you have to earn it. You have to earn it like everybody else. So that's the first part. And then you move into the part where it's like the coaches or teachers, whatever you call them in your space, we call them coaches. Our coaches know she's my daughter. So they're going to like, by nature, you're not going to treat, the boss's daughter like crap are you like it, that would be silly that would be silly as an employee <laughs> to do that that makes no sense but at the same time I have said to my coaches look I just want you to be honest about where she's at and and when you make character suggestions or role suggestions just tell me honestly how you feel about these particular selections ultimately i decide the end cast so my coaches make selections we have what we call um, a casting meeting and then i i go in and and review the talent within the studio make sure we've made those right choices and then and then we announce those roles but i always i always go back to my coaches cuz they're working with them predominantly every single week but i have that extra experience where i've been casting for so long that i i can see things as well that maybe they haven't noticed or or thought about you know? Um, but yeah, I always ask my coaches to be completely honest about my kid, but at the same time I do want to, you know, I want to give her something that, you know, we can challenge her and and give her some extra confidence and build her up. Um, but yeah, you don't have to feel like you got to give her the lead role. Like I'm not saying that at all, at all. So just lowering the expectation of your child as well, and not having them feeling expectant as well. I think that's a big part. Discipline. Let's go to discipline because when your child mucks up, right? Sometimes they get silly. I've noticed that. Like my daughter gets a bit silly when I'm around because she loves that I'm there and she loves that I'm the boss and, you know, my mummy's the boss. And so she, her and her little cohort of friends <laughs> will like come up to me. And it's so funny because she's got friends from school that come to my studio, of course. And sometimes I give her friends lifts for play dates and different things. And they even go to a separate, a different center to do gymnastics together. Like they're just, they're just buddies, right? There's this little group of, um, theater and gymnastic buddies. And, you know, like the other day, actually just yesterday we were in the car and her little friend was sitting in the back seat as I was driving them to do a, an activity, not in my studio externally, but again, they're all friends. And her little buddy goes, Oh, Joe, um, is it okay if when we do Frozen, the musical, because I've said that's a possibility for next season. I haven't announced it, but I said it's possible. We're looking into it. She goes, Oh, if we do Frozen, can I play Anna? And I'm like, Oh, let's, I'm not going to say the kid's name. Let's call the kid. Hmm. What's a good little name? Let's call the kid Sarah. And I said, Sarah, I said, you know that I can't do that, darling she goes, what? I said, just because you're Erica's friend and you know me as her mummy, I said, I can't just give you roles because you've asked for them. And I certainly cannot favour, you know, I can't favour you over others when I haven't even given them a chance. I said, I can't do that, darling. She's like, oh, like, you know, she's really upset that I wouldn't just give her a role just because she's. My daughter's friend, and she knows me, like things like that. But I make it very clear. Um, but yeah, sometimes you have those little situations where kids can get expectant because they know you. Now, imagine that. Imagine the feeling of your kid. You know, my kids never won the the award, award of the year. Like you know, we have a musical maker musical maker of the year. She's never she's never won that because she actually hasn't been that. You know, like, I don't know. I just find it a little bit tricky, a little bit tricky sometimes in that space. Um, Behaviour-wise, if she's mucking up in class, which she has done, you know, kids are kids, it happens. We're not disciplinaries, by the way, in studio. We're not militant soldiers. We don't believe in that. Um, But at the same time, you want people to have a positive experience and that doesn't come from not listening to your teacher or mucking around. And, And every kid in the room has had a moment, you know. We don't send them outside or anything like that. We actually had a teacher a couple of years ago do that. She sent the child out into the hallway. Oh, and they were crying and then they just never came back. And I'm like, well, just don't do that. That's not that's not how we operate. The only time I've ever sent a child out of the room is when they ran up and they bit me into my skin, like aggressively, like ran at me like literally, like it was crazy like a little monster with their hands up going and they ran. It was a little boy in a hip hop class that I was teaching. He runs runs up to me and he bloody launches his teeth (laughs) into me. It was full on and I had like big teeth marks and it was, it was just a really big moment. And I actually just walked him kindly out to the mum who was outside and I said, look, I think he just needs a break. (laughs) He's just bit me and he's just being a, a, A little bit aggressive in the room. Um, I think he just needs to take some time out and maybe we'll come back next week and see how he goes. He was a trial kid. They never came back, but we were okay with that. Um, But, yeah, sometimes there's just some stuff like that that was a bit, just a bit too full on. Um, Maybe they're just not ready, you know, to be in that sort of social environment, whatever. So for my kids, if they're mucking around, I'm just, like, not going to have it. So I'll give the look, you know, like, Mm-mm, don't go there with me. Don't go there with me, Baba. Um, But I will open my mouth and say, excuse me, and I'll treat them like any other student. So, you know, excuse me, Sarah and blah, blah, X, Y, Z. Uh, that's enough, please. Listening, listening to your teacher now. Thank you. Um, so I'll pull them up. And if I feel like it's a little bit wild, I can have a private conversation with them after the class, like just because I'm your mom or, you know, I think we saw a lot more of that when she was younger, not so much now she's older and more mature, but yeah, just, just because I'm your mom doesn't mean you can be silly and not listen. You know, you need to still participate and be a part of the group. So just sort of things like that. I would love to hear your mama stories. By the way, if you have any mama stories, I will happily announce them um, on the next episode part of Real Talk. So yeah, DM me on Instagram at Josephine Lancuba and tell me, tell me if you have a mama story. I would love to hear it, like horrific, awesome, whatever. Now that we've talked about the negatives of, (laughs) or the challenges rather of that, uh, I want to tell you a little bit about the good stuff. So let's talk about the good stuff of Real Talk. But before we do that, let's head to a little break. Now, you may have heard that the doors to my flagship course, Talent Manager Bootcamp are officially closed and they won't open again for quite some time. So, I decided to create a little something something for you guys in the interim for those that were still interested in providing their students with opportunities in film, television, theatre, commercial, on stage, and more. Welcome to my ebook. <laughs> That's right, I've created a how to guide to go from studio owner to Talent Manager and grow your business. Now, it is a fraction of the price of the course, and I wanted to make this super accessible so that if you've ever dreamed about it, if you've ever thought about it, maybe you wanted to take part in the course, but it just wasn't the right time. Well, I've made it easy for you to gain access to the industry right now. Now, I would love for you to provide those opportunities for your students in house and explore how you can create your own in house talent management service. Get started today with my ebook. Head to josephinelancuba.com forward slash ebook dash one. The link is in the show notes. You can read about what's included in the ebook there on the link and also purchase. So head to it now, check it out, and Start your journey in talent management today. Welcome back. Now we're going to talk about the good stuff. How beautiful is it to have your child in something that you've built, created and and care for, your, your business? What a lovely legacy that is. I was actually on a coaching call with one of my um, talent manager boot camp clients yesterday and they said to me, we, we talked about, we were talking about our why and why are we here? It was our first session. Why are we here? Why, why are you doing this? Like, what is it that's inspired you? And like, oh, you know, one of my clients said, oh, it's a little bit selfish, but, uh, the reason I want to have an in-house talent management service is because I, I'm from a regional town. There's really nothing around me and my daughter is so talented and I'd love to provide something in studio where I can provide her with those opportunities myself. Like if there's nothing around me, then I want to create that for my daughter and of course have that for my students. And I just thought, wow, that is so cool. And she was like, oh, but yeah, I know that's a little bit selfish. Like that's not selfish at all. You know, we built these businesses um, not just for ourselves. Yes, of course, we loved it. We wanted to continue that path, but we also wanted to bring that experience to others. Of course you want to bring joy to your child, that's not selfish. That's beautiful. That's your legacy, right? People talk about legacy all the time. What does that actually mean? Well, for me, it means building a beautiful theatrical creative community that my daughter can be immersed in and my son. Now, my son is not a class participant, but I'm actually giving him a love for the theatre. What a beautiful gift. He loves seeing shows. He's he, he loves it. He loves coming to our shows and it's also sparked his interest in other shows. Like he enjoys the theatre as an audience participant. He loves musical theatre now. Every time we see, she, you know, he talks about his favourite characters and who he liked, what he didn't like, talks about the storyline. I just find that super magical. And the fact that I can give him those frequent experiences those frequent artistic experiences even if as a not as a participant on the stage as an audience member he's still a part of it like I'm giving him that gift of theater for my daughter I'm giving her the gift of performance the gift of community I mean even the fact that she's become close with these little buddies from her school because they all do my studio. So they go to school together and they come to the studio and they're like, oh, yeah, we're all doing it and they're all in it together. And I love that. And by the way, this isn't to guilt you into anything. Like some people have let their studios go. Some people will let their studios go in the future. But you've created this beautiful community for now. Enjoy it for now, for what it is. And I love that I've been a part of my children's skill development. Like I've been able to help my daughter, you know, grow her confidence and her skills. And also that's part of her, her like, and her friends as well. Like it's all part of it. So for me, it's beautiful thing. It's a super beautiful thing. And yes, there are challenges, but Hey, if we're going to be real about it, the reward outweighs the challenges for me. That's real talk because I, I know when she's on that stage, it's like, I've created that. I've, I've given her that opportunity. I've given her that, that moment. When I see my son at home talking about the show he watched and seeing his sister on stage and, and just going, Oh yeah, you know, Oh, or well, be like, once I didn't bring him to a show, one, we were doing the Addams Family. Oh no, wasn't the Addams Family. It was a different production. I can't remember. Anyway, I didn't bring him that time. I thought, oh, it's a bit late. He probably won't want to go anyway. And then the next day I said, oh yeah, last night we, we did this. And he was so upset that he didn't come. It's at- like, mom, I wanted to go. Why didn't you take me? I was like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know you loved it that much. Okay. All right. You come to, come to every show. And he does, you know, and I, and I'm a part of that as well, that enjoyment, that experience. And I love that. And that makes me feel like a good bloody mum. (laughs) Because, you know, there are days as a studio owner where you're not a good mum, right? Or dad or whatever. But for me, there are days where you feel like, you know, neglectful, you're not giving them the time of day, you're in the studio, you know, you're in show week and, you know, they're having... What like pizza every night, or you know, there are days you're gonna feel guilty about it, but then it's those moments that you gotta cling on to and go, you know what? I'm all right, I'm doing okay over here. I'm doing my best, and you know, I'm providing amazing things for my kids and for others. All right, that's part one of Real Talk. I hope you enjoyed it, and don't forget, guys, I've got that amazing little goodie, which is that ebook, the how-to guide to go from studio owner to talent manager and grow your business. So grab it now, link in the show notes. And again, DM me, remember? So find me on Instagram at Cuba. send me a message and tell me real talk style, your mom and child moments. And yeah. You can be anonymous or I can just say your first name, like whatevs, but like share it with me and, and I, I would happily share that next week. Okay. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a beautiful day. Bye. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, com. And you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening.